like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, folks. Pastor Chuck Blair here. Great to have you joining us today. And whether you're joining us from our studio audience here in Bernathan, Pennsylvania, or joining us all across the country, it's wonderful to have you here as part of our church service this morning. And, and just a little service announcement about our church service. You know, New Church Live has been through a lot of shifts over these past 15 years. One of the biggest ones has been a shift from a predominantly in-person audience to predominantly online audience. And we live in an online world where the internet is so important for us to figure out how to use these tools to the best of our ability to do them in a spirit of service. So I would urge you folks to think about a meeting we have coming up. You can find out more details on New Church Live's website about an ambassador program we have coming up. And what we're going to be doing is just meeting with anyone online who'd like to have a conversation around New Church Live, around internet, around how to make the internet experience better and better and better. Because this is the challenge. I was talking to our production person, Marcus, and he was saying, yeah, we end up with about 3,500 views of all our different material a week. That's a lot. And we've definitely seen some shifts, less in person, more people looking at things remotely, more people looking at things not live, but looking at things that are archived. And how is it that we serve that audience? Because we used to have these great answers to what next. You know, you do this, what next? Then you do that, what next? You do this. And the online world is different. And we want to make sure that we're always trying as best we can to serve you as the congregants of New Church Live, always being able to answer a really inspiring answer to the question of what next. So if that interests you, please go to our website, go to the events tab, and you can see more and more about our ambassador program. It'll be on the 20th of September, 2023. It's an online Zoom meeting. You can sign up and we'll send you the link. So there's your public service announcement. So taking a breath, shifting gears. So we've been looking at the fact that our world feels very much in conflict. And very many people feel conflicted in a bunch of different ways. And that's how we're going to launch this next series. Our next series is one called Conflicted. And we're going to look at, at three basic kinds of conflict that we have to wrestle with. One is conflict within ourselves. And that conflict comes down real simply to this, to this, to this tension between our best intentions and our compulsions. That's what we're going to be speaking of today. Then we're going to talk next week about how when we're experiencing conflicts with other people. And then later we're going to talk about when we experience conflicts with God, with the better angels of our nature, how all that works. So focusing back on today, you know, it's, I think it's an important start when we talk about this series, Conflicted, to realize that we all are struggling. And I find that that's such a beautiful part of New Church Theology. It, it's, it's many faiths kind of, they, they look at struggle and they think, well, something's wrong. Christian New Church, we believe when you struggle, actually something's right. Because it means that you're growing. It means that you're changing. It means that you're challenging yourself. It means that, that life is shifting. And it's a much healthier way to hold it, to know that there's, there's always this beautiful, creative tension between the world as it is and the world as we would hope it to be. And that's both our own worlds and the world outside of us. And that that tension actually is healthy. That tension is actually something that can help us to move forward. So, so that conversation is really important. And I want to share with you a beautiful prayer from Kate Bowler where she talks about this tension. A blessing when you realize everyone is struggling. Blessed are you who have realized that life is hard and it's hard for everyone. Your awareness came at a cost. You lost something you can't get back. You were diagnosed with chronic pain or a degenerative disease. Your family fell apart and things have never been the same. Blessed are you who gave up the myth that the good life is one of happiness, success, perfection. The life that looks beautiful on Facebook but isn't real. Who, you who realize it's okay to not be okay, to not have a shiny life because no one does. Blessed are you who see things clearly, where struggle is everyone's normal. You walk among the fellowship of the afflicted. That's a beautiful turn of phrase right there. A club no one wants to join, 
And while this life isn't shiny, it does come with superpowers, superpowers of an ever-widening empathy and existential courage that get you back up after another fall. That's grit. And a deepened awe at the beauty and love that can be found amid life's rubble. Like flowers that grow from the cracks of the sidewalk, these virtues blossom in you and thank God for you. Blessed are all of us who struggle, for we are in good company and will never walk alone. Oh, that's so typical Kate Baller. It so beautifully embraces the idea that, that life just is filled with struggles. And I think there's something about when, 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 when churches, synagogues, mosques, and we can be so clear about that in our spiritual lives, that there really is a struggle and there really is this conflict. And, and there is this conflict out there. There's this conflict kind of at the macro level that life has a conflict. And today we're going to really look at, again, the, the conflict in here. The conflict between our best intentions as well as our compulsions. And both are very true. Two sides of our human nature. Today, what we're going to do, for those of you joining us for the first time, very frequently at New Church Live, we put a question out there online, and we ask people to answer it. And the question we're going to answer, ask today is this one. Where do you sense in your life a conflict that while you are this, you are also that? What are your ands and not your ors? So I think most of us sort of stand in a place where we can understand this question, and it needs a little bit of explaining. We are all, every single one of you joining us today, whether in person or online, you're joining us and you're a mixed bag. I know for me, for example, I can be unfailingly kind, unfailingly kind, most of the time. <laughs> and yet I also can be incredibly angry a lot of the time as well. It could just be driving, it could be listening to the radio, it could be watching news, it could be some disagreement over a larger church issue. Like there's all kinds of things where that anger can boil up. And at the same time, I do know that I'm a kind person. And I think there's something about that that's not, it's not hubris. It's just saying, oh yeah, I'm both and. I am both and. What we would love to hear from you is where, are you, where do you experience that both and? Where you know you're both a little saint and a little sinner. You're both a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Because that's where so much of the, of the conflict is sort of baked in, I think, to our DNA in a lot of different ways. You know, a simple example, I was listening to a, to a podcast and this mom was talking about how she's a complete pacifist and she's got a son in the army, so she's complete pro-military. There's a both and. So it could be at a deep kind of moral level. It could be at a, at a lighter level. Whatever it is for you, we would love to hear where are you of both and. You can text your answers to me at 215-740-3662. I'll say that one more time. 215-740-3662. And just a note for all of you who watch Archive, it's not uncommon for me to get pinged with answers Friday at 11.39 a.m., that's totally fine. So if you've listened to this later, please feel free to go ahead and send me a text. And you can also make a comment on our different social media feeds. So as we get into this first song, answer that question. Where are you both and? You know, this both and thing. And a final word. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you for joining us at New Church Live. We're looking forward to sharing the next 45 minutes with you. Welcome. No tomorrow, no tomorrow 
And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take And people run in circles, it's a very, very mad world Mad Children waiting for the day they feel good Happy birthday, happy birthday And I feel the way that every child should Sit and listen, sit and listen Went to school and I was very nervous No one knew me, no one knew me Hello teacher, tell me what's my lesson Look right through me, look right through me And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take When people run in circles, it's a very, very Mad world Mad world Enlarging your world Thank you guys, that was beautiful. And friends, it's just, it's, it's funny, you know, taking a look and, uh, you know, just the different answers. And I think the beautiful part when we get answers from people online is I think we can all see ourselves in these answers. And again, it's, it's, it's to kind of normalize the both and. And today's not to, we're not here to like solve that, well, I'm this and I'm this, we're gonna make a solution once and for all. It's about how do we hold the both in and what's the perspective God would have us bring to that? If that is who we are, what's the perspective that God can have us bring to us? I wanna share with you some of these really, really good ones coming in. I'm happily married and totally frustrated with the constraints I feel at times in my marriage. Conflict in my old lifelong church has left me changing churches. I have been attending a local church and like the group, I believe in one God, not three. So I think it's hard to say their statement of belief. Right now, I don't say it. Last week, I decided you can be more than part of just one group. I can be here at New Church Live and another as well. We are all beings in different worlds. There's a perspective statement there. I am a very peaceful person and a very anxious person. Totally get that one. I'm great. I am grieving the loss of my grown-up child, and I'm grateful for the life and loves that she had. Beautifully said. I'm a cynic and an optimist. Another good one. Uh, and I am loving and patient with others, but not with my husband. I lose my temper easily with him. And, and folks, there's a bunch more, and you know, I'm sure a number more online. And, and that's just a, such an important part to start with, that there's, there's this conflict, that we do all have this both in. And that the Bible gives us a sense of that. Now, from a Christian New Church perspective, we read the Bible really in two ways. One is what's called the sense of the letter. In other words, just what does the story say? And then the other one is what does the story mean? And that's this deeper, beautiful, poetic truth that's underneath it. And that's where we pick up today. Today we're looking at this story of two brothers, Abram and Lot. Two brothers, this is a story thousands of years old. And it's, it's a story about two brothers who started journey start a journey together to the promise, what ends up being the promised land, and it tends up, they end up quarreling. And again, think of that as the both and parts of your personality. It's, you know, there's this tension that happens, 
And one eventually goes this way and one eventually goes that way. But they're still all part of the same land. I think that's, that's significant, all part of the same gen general area. But they do eventually split off. And, and that's the, the picture of them there. Is they're, they're talking about what land each of them will take. And I want to read you the story about it and then talk a bit about what this, what this all can mean. What this all can mean. Lot looked up. And this is, again, they're splitting the land here. That's the picture you see. Lot looked and saw the whole plain of Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like Eden, in other words, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men, men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. So we have this, we have this, this split taking part. And, and I want to talk for a minute about what each of these parts really mean, what each of these parts are in our life. So we have this idea, again, the two men parted company. That's Genesis 13, 11. So they go different directions. And we can see that, right? You know, peace will take you one way in life. Anxiety will take you another. Um, grief will take you one way in life. Gratitude will take you another. And, and again, some of them are, are less extreme, less divisive. But, but there are clear dividings here, right? You know, I'm very optimistic and cynical. You know, each will kind of lead you different directions. And that's, that's really where the story here is talking about. And let's look at that Abram part. Now, if we look at the Abram part, we can think of that as, as again, the, the better angels of our nature. And this, this next part, folks, is so, like, please let this sink in. Please, please, please let this sink in. This Abram part stands in an incredibly powerful place. Because from our perspective, we believe that the inmost, the inmost of all of us is mutual love. Take a look at this quote. It's a beautiful quote that speaks to that. Our inner self is simply mutual love. Like you wanna know what you are at your very core. It's mutual love. Now that statement it, it's, it's, it's not like just the lightness of like, look, it's all about love, baby. You know, or all you need is love. Now, I mean, in a sense, obviously that's true. But, but we use the word love so lightly, so lightly. Uh, I like, I love Snickers. I love the Eagles. I love my spouse. You know, whatever it might be, but we use that same word. And, and so we have to have a word that actually has more kind of grit to it, more more, um, more depth, has roots to it. It isn't just kind of this superficial, like it's all love. I mean, it is all love, but let's, let's, let's go a little deeper than that. I think the key word in this is the word mutual. That word mutual, so critical. Again and again, Christian New Church, we are constantly sort of pushed towards this idea of love, but it's the idea of mutual love. It's the idea that there is something in you, in each one of you, that's not just loving, but it's a love that you share literally if you're sitting beside someone. It's the love you literally share with them. Now, you may not be experiencing it today. You may be thinking, why am I sitting beside this person? It doesn't matter. But, but it's, it's this deep love, and there's, there's a mutual love there. And just think of all the different directions that means. That means it's mutual between you and them, right? It's also mutual between you and that stranger it's at the bottom of the, everybody. And it's mutual between you and God. There's mutuality all over. And so it's this constant kind of sewing together, this constant kind of tying things together, this constant kind of reconnection, reconnection, reconnection. Folks, this is, this is where I just get, uh, get a little cranky sometimes. Is, is religion gets such a bad rap in our culture. Now, sometimes, granted, it's for good reason. But the word religion actually means, and many of you have heard me say this many times, but if you're joining us for the first time, like, I want you to let this sink in. The word religion, religio, like same root as ligament. Religio, religion is about reconnecting. It's about experiencing that mutual love, having a context for it that reminds all of us, it reminds you who you really are at the core. 
Of course, it's a mixed bag on top of that. But separate all that, push all that away, you come down to this mutuality. That's a very powerful place to be because, because a lot of faiths kind of come, you know, from an extreme of one end or the other. And we come from this part that it's really all about mutual love. All about mutual love. All about how we experience mutual love. All about how we live into mutual love. All about how mutual love works. It is where God can be said to be in us. That beauty, where God can be said to be in us. Now, there's mechanics to it, right? There's, there's, there's kind of an easy way to go about, you know, you know, working on that mutual love in your life. And one of, those, one of those easy ways to go about it is simply learning to express it. Yesterday, I was, I was talking to an art professor, and it was, she, she made a fascinating point. She saw this beautiful piece of art. She said, oh, it's so hard in this day and age to get people to make beautiful art, and asked her why. And she said, well, because with art, there's the skills and the, there's the expression. And we live in an era that confuses the two, that believes the expression in and of itself is the whole skill. Well, that's true in a certain extent. Like, you do want to express love to other people. I, I said the joke yesterday at a wedding I did, you know, this famous quote about the Lutheran farmer who loved his wife, he almost told her. You know, like, like you, you do want to express it. But then, folks, that's, that's expression in a way is sort of the easy part. I mean, there are times where it's hard to express love, where it's hard to actually say, look, I, I really love you. But the expression can be easy. Can we... Can we shift, friends, into real, really understanding the skill part of it? What is the skill part of it? What is the hard way, the challenging way, to go about doing that? And this, this friends, is what I, what I would offer you. And this, is, this has become more and more true uh, just in observing life's experience. Positive, sincere interest in other people. Positive, sincere interest in other people. That idea of really focusing, really focusing on being interested in other people will get you to that mutual love, I think, faster than almost anything. Because it means this. It means that it's in there. It's in there. And, and how can I come about it from a, not from a judgmental way, but from a positive, sincere interest in you as a person, in your journey as a person, not here to tell you how to steer the ship, but just in you as a person, how can I do that? How can I, how can I just come closer and closer to that? That's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful way to kind of live life. And we get to, to, see, we get to see how that works, folks, when we have a positive, sincere interest in, in, what, in what helps other people. Here's, here's a simple example for you, a simple example that I saw yesterday, uh, or two days ago, excuse me. You know, I, I really enjoy going out on long morning walks, and, and you just get to see people, and it's, so it's a lot of the time it's the same people, you say hello, but then on occasion you see people who you have not seen before on this particular trail. And there was a couple who I just had never seen before. And I saw they were running. They obviously were runners. They looked a lot more in shape than I did, though they were about my age. And he had sunglasses on. And then as I, I get closer, what I realized was that they were running together, but he was running a little bit behind her. She was running a little bit in front of him. And what connected them was a little rope. You know, he was sight impaired. And his wife was taking him for a run. And they were chatting it up. They were having a good time out there running. Folks, you, you, you look at that, right? And don't we all like, don't we all like, oh yeah, I'd love a love like that. Because we see that and we know that, that there's an example of mutual love. And doesn't it make you a little curious? Like, yeah, how did they do that? How did they figure that? I mean, I can't imagine running. I, and I don't know where they get into arguments, whether she, you know, if, if, if he's disagreeing with her, he, you know, she gives him a little tug. I don't know. But it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful example of that mutual love literally in action. 
literally doing something. And to me, that, like, I want to know about that. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know how they got to that point. I want to know how they discovered that. I want to know, like, how they took this, this thing that could be a, a deep challenge and somehow just have worked with it. And it doesn't make the challenge easier. It doesn't mean that they don't have problems. It just means somehow they've figured something out. And it's been this thing, they've, they've figured something out around this deep mutual love. But it's hard to do that. That's not easy. Reinhold Niebuhr famously said, man is his own most vexing problem. In other words, our most vexing problem are really what we, what we battle with inside of ourselves. I think about that beautiful thing that somebody shared about being an optimist and a cynic. Yeah, we're our own most vexing problem when we're struggling between those two, which most of us, if we aren't currently struggling with those two, we have struggled with those two, no doubt, many times. And, and do you see, folks, again, like when you look at the deeper level of the Bible story, that's that quarreling. That's that disagreement between Lot and Abram where there's, where there's this tension between the two. Because it's hard to figure out, like, again, how do we, how do we sort that? That's a, that's a very vexing problem. The Lot part of us, the Lot part of us, folks, that's, that is what, what can be so divisive. That can be that, that, that lower self. Now, sometimes that lower self, you know, real important not to look at that and think, well, Lot's obviously the bad guy in this story. You know, Lot isn't the bad guy in the story. Lot is part of this story. We all have a lower self. And sometimes that lower self, what it wants are just real simple things that really don't matter a whole lot. They're not spiritual decisions. If you're making everything a spiritual decision, if you're making everything a big existential crisis, you know, well, in the famous words of Bob Newhart, stop it. Stop it. Not everything is a big moral, spiritual question. Uh, and you know, if you get tripped up in that, don't do it. Stop it. But some things do sort of, sort of ratchet up to that deeper level. And, and two of the ones we're, we're, we're warned about again and again from a Christian New Church perspective is, again, selfishness and materialism. These are the two big, big ones you want to avoid. Now here we would probably use the word narcissism today in our language. Uh, and materialism, that's, that's just where it's all about me and my stuff. In other words, all about me, all about my stuff. And the places where that leads, definitely the lowest of the low parts of that outer self would clearly be oriented this way. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's interesting watching with that, that selfishness and materialism. Uh, you know, I was in line, I was in a, in a line at a, at an event and, uh, you know, they have, they have this food, they have barbecue. I love barbecue. And, and I saw somebody cut in line and, you know, there's plenty of food. There's one person who cuts in line. And of course, in my mind, my selfishness my materialism gets all triggered and like, how, how can they do that? I bet you they're going to run out of food before I get there. Now, none of that ended up being true, but, but that's the trigger. And that's the part where, where we just need to be aware. Okay, here's that little reaction. Now, what am I going to do with it? How am, I going to, how am I going to try to hold it somewhat differently? Because selfishness and materialism, like remember, this is the, this is the, the outer self. But underneath it is this inner self. Outer self, at its worst, not always at its worst, but when it's at its worst, this is what it is. Underneath that is this inner self. And the inner self, folks, and this is, this is such, I mean, this is such good news. The inner self in every single one of you is mutual love. You may feel like the cynic. You may feel like the anxious person. You may feel like the bad spouse. You may feel like the person who's not quite sure where they fit spiritually. You can feel like all those things. And please know that at your core, you are mutual love. And so much of life, folks, is where we can get to the point where what we're hoping to do, we're hoping to do, is to let mutual love steer the ship. Let mutual love steer the ship.
That's, that's, a, that's a, I mean, let it steer. Really, let it steer. I don't know exactly how that looks for each one of you, but just imagine that world where you're going to, because all God is asking you, when God's saying, look, let mutual love steer the ship, all God is asking you is to be who you actually truly are at the deepest level. And all of a sudden, we see, our, we see ourselves kind of like just, just kind of moving away. I had the experience, we had, we had clergy meetings out in Colorado this year. And they were beautiful, they were up in the mountains, just gorgeous at a, at a Presbyterian re- retreat center. And flying back, flying out of Colorado, Denver airport, you know, and I'm, I'm coming to the airport and I'm, I'm standing there in the, the big mass of people and I see way across the room someone who I sort of know, I mean, I know him by name, I've never really had a conversation with him. And there's part of me that's just like, you know, I just, I don't want to go over and say hi. I just want to be here in my own little world because I'm just feeling a little anxious. I just want to be over here. Just want to be over here. Just want to be over here. And uh, long story short, so we, we get loaded onto the plane. And of course, there this wonderful gentleman is sitting. And of course, I'm seated right beside him. <laughs> I think that's God's sense of humor. I mean, I really do believe God gets up there and he like gets on the computer monitor and he's like, boys, watch this. I think it's what he does. And, and so all of my, like, like I just want to be alone. And then we get to sit with this person. And, and we have this wonderful conversation. It makes the flight terrific. And then, then I have somebody to travel from Philadelphia Airport back to, back to where, where I live in Southampton, Pennsylvania. I have somebody who I can travel with for that part of the trip, too. We chatted up. It was a great conversation. And we're going to eventually double date, go out together, both, both, both him and his wife and, and me and Susan. We're going to go out at some point in time. Like, that's where it all ends up. You see, because, because mutual love, like, it, it is what is, folks. It is what is. And I forget that, and I forget it in my anxiety, in my cynicism, in my worries, in my concerns, in my fears. And God is always calling us back, saying, like, no, I, I, know, I know that's where you want to do it. I'm going to give you this opportunity here. And I think what God would say to every one of you is I'm going to give you this opportunity here because that's how you're going to discover who you actually are, who you really are at this deep level. When we do that, folks, that creates the connection and the circuit is complete. And what we find when that circuit completes is our self-centeredness just slowly fades into the background. And we really become more and more engaged. And it's, it's, it's I don't even have really good language around this, so my apologies. But I, but, I, but I imagine all of us know that, right? Where it's just like, oh, it just kind of thins out. Like the smog kind of disappears. And all of a sudden, there's this real authentic connection, which is what God wants. And let me tell you, the world needs it. The world needs it. And that may be the only way out of feeling so conflicted. Enjoy our next song. Here's an original tune. This is called Turn Your Face to the Sun. Turn your face to the sun And the shadows fall behind you You're not the only one Who thinks of all the time you've been Lost and then we found again So inhale then exhale again Turn your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind you What we see mainly depends on what we look for I'm completely free to become who I need to be I'm not afraid of storms for I am learning 
I'm learning how to sail my ship Folks, you know, I, I love that song, right? You know, we're all learning how to sail our ship. I, this is an old kind of cute one. I've said it a million times, but, you know, for sailors of old, when they lost track of their North Star, do you know what that was called? Aster, think astrology. It was called a disaster. Kind of a cool word, right? And, and we can feel that way, right? We can feel that we've lost track of our North Star. And, and today, the message I want to leave you with is that it's returning to a North Star of sorts. And is that, that that North Star of mutual love, that, that that mutual love really can hold both and. I mean, I, I think, again, many of us do wrestle with feeling very optimistic and very cynical at the same time. And, and as well, you know, that idea of feeling, feeling really a lot of despair over a hard loss, or really a heartbreaking loss, and at the same time grateful for that, that love that, that you got to experience. And see, if you trace both those down, don't they kind of come back to mutual love? As is often said, your most cynical friend is probably your most disappointed idealistic friend. Can you bring them back to the ideals? Can you bring yourself back to that? Can, can we see the preciousness that is underneath that all, the deep, the deep beauty that's there? And understand that it can, it can hold so many both ands. I mean, both ands just galore. Here's somebody who wrote, I'm called to serve a church. I'm called to be supportive of my wife's needs. Like that idea, I have my work over here and I have my spouse over here and sometimes I'm called to serve here, but how do I serve here as well? Like this is how we solve it. I think, is trying to see it all through the lens, not a, not a lens of like a, a, last, a last statement, a last solution where all, everything is now perfect. But it's, it's the solution is the perspective. I, I want to say that again. The solution is the perspective. And it's that perspective on mutual love. Somebody shared this, this quote with me that I really love, and I, may we all be this kind of person. Some people just seem to have a special gift for sharing their hearts in the most amazing ways. For, for them, it is never about being noticed, for their acts of kindness are simply a reflection of the generous spirit that guides them in everything they do. That's, that's, that's it, right? And it doesn't solve all problems. It doesn't get rid of cancer. It doesn't, doesn't get rid of grief. It doesn't get rid of disappointment. But it gives us a way to sail through those storms. And I want to share with you here a, a beautiful little video. And it's a video. It's a music video. And it's from America's Got Talent. 
And it's a video, it's a, it's a man singing a song. Now, he's, he was uh, incarcerated for 37 years. They found out they had the wrong guy. He got released after 37 years. I mean, there's all kinds of tears of that story you could look at that have this both and to them, right? This has this both and. And he sings a song, I think, that just, you know, gave me chills when I listened to it because it's so much that both and. You know, you, you just, you hear the pathos in it and you hear the hope in it at the same time. And, and this, you hear humanity. You hear, as Kate Ballard said, blessed are the broken. I think we can get it. Enjoy this video. Enjoy this song. I can't lie. No more of your darkness. Seem to fade to black and white I'm going tired In time stand still before me Frozen here On the ladders of my life Just another fraction of your life to wander free. But losing everything is like the sun going down on me. That's quite the tearjerker. Yeah, yeah. You know, why can he sing like that? Why does the audience react that way? I think it's because whether you're talking to the audience or you're talking to him, I think he can sing that way because he knows the both end of life. And I think when we do that, there can be this, this beautiful, yeah, life is hard, but there's this this beautiful coming back to the mutual love that we all share. The audience and the singer. This beautiful mutual love that, that reconnects us to what is always true, what always has been true, what always will be true. Imagine that world, right? Not a world where we're demanding a perfection of others or a perfection of ourselves or a perfection of our community or a perfection of this, that, fill in the blank. But just that world filled with mutual love. Filled with that, that deep, rich song that comes from the both and. I think we'd feel a lot less conflicted. I think we'd feel a lot more connected I imagine we feel a lot closer to God <laughs> and a lot closer to each other. So friends, here's to a week. Here's to a week remembering that the inmost of all human beings is this, mutual love. Amen. 
What we're gonna do now, folks, is we're gonna go through just a quiet time, a little prayer, uh, a little quiet music, and then we'll have our last song. And again, I just wanna thank all of you, as always, for joining us today at New Church Live. A prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for these congregants, those spread far and wide, sharing a deep connection with each other, with their communities, with their families, with all. Help us, Lord, to see and live into that connection more and more over the week ahead, remembering anyone we meet to bring mutual love to it, the perspective of just basic goodwill, paying far more attention to our best intentions than to our compulsions to our angers, to all those things which draw us further away from others and further away from you. Let us hold life in its beautiful wholeness, celebrating it, grieving it, wondering at it, and above all, loving it. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a beautiful week, friends. your heart to the ground 
Love turns the whole thing around Fear is a friend who's misunderstood But I know the heart of life is good Thank you guys, have a great week.